You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. Happy New Year. This is the last episode of 2022. This is, you know, an end of an era for us because 2022 was a big year for a lot of different reasons, but we're ending it on a bang with a Knife's Out mystery. It is going to be awesome. We are going to be looking at Glass Onion. And Daniel Craig is back as Benoit Blanc. It is going to be a great, great adventure. And I did say his name right. Not like at the end of this last episode that we did, <laughs> where, you know, I was like, <laughs> so it was, it was a ton of fun. And, you know, we want to say hi to everybody here. It's awesome to have everybody. And, you know, hi to our YouTube listeners. Thank you so much for viewing us and joining with us. And, of course, everybody at home who's listening to us on their audio player, we still love you guys. We really, really do. So thank you guys for everyone who's been listening, everyone who's been hitting the subscribe button on YouTube or the thumbs up. We do appreciate you guys. And, you know, this is how we get our listeners. This is how we get our word of mouth out is by just begging and pleading. You know, that's the best way we could do it. <laughs> Like it, like and share, like and share, like and share. Like and share. Every other word in this interview is going to be like and share. So it's okay. And, you know, that's what uh, Mike is going to be doing as he's saying. So, Mary, what did you like and share about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, a, so. it's, it's a very subliminal uh, thing that we're trying here. Yeah, like well, I subscribe so. to the philosophy that. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave this movie two thumbs up so it's yeah. okay. <laughs> well so it's going to be a ton of fun to do and it's great to see everybody at home here and we got a great crew to join us to talk about this movie of course mr mike gordon's here tonight howdy so you're going to be doing this in a deep southern accent no i'm not even going to try that i don't yeah. know what kind of accent he really has i think that's uh, a but, fake um, southern accent yeah it's uh i think the word was is that uh they were they both were thinking about every uh, one of these movies he would have a different accent but uh that would be just as crazy as whatever accent he's adopting but it's fine it's just it's unique to him so i'm not even going to uh try it a british man doing the deep south it's interesting so you know, I could have seen him doing James Bond at this accent. It would have been awesome. <laughs> so I probably would love to. It probably would have. We're also joined, of course, stopping by is Ashley Pauls. Hello. Always a pleasure talking movies with the crew. It's always great to have you here. And, of course, coming over from Earth Station Who, we have Mary Ogle. Oh, it was very nice of you to let me out of the airlock for a while. Well, it's the new year. I wanted to, you know let you out you know to celebrate you know throw some confetti have a glass of champagne <laughs> then get back in the airlock right, right, you make me done. go right back in exactly. show me right back in exactly you've got artwork to do come on come on exactly. come on come on i we mean have... it is appropriate because it is a who done it so oh, oh, oh ashley oh <laughs> She's that's, been waiting all night for that one. Folks. She's that's been waiting. That's the kind of high class entertainment we bring everybody. <laughs> that that was it for. There's no more. I have to wait again till next year. So that was, that was my pun of the year. <laughs> that is her final uh, yeah. pun for 2022, folks. You know that's not a long wait, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, I've already been doing the joke. See you next year. You know that type of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's like, or, hey, I won't be at work till next year. <laughs> you know, type thing. So it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it definitely got a lot to talk about tonight. This is a very, very interesting movie with a very fascinating cast. So we'll be getting all into that in a few minutes. But, of course, we want you to leave feedback for us if you get a chance. You know, as we said, like and subscribe, you know, as we kept on saying. So, please, you know, we definitely would love you to if you tell your friends, tell your neighbors. 
we know we definitely would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you guys think of the new format of the show, you know, with us putting out two episodes a week. Now, you know, we're giving you guys double the entertainment with, you know, no cost extra for you guys. So we're definitely, you know, trying to come to you guys. We're trying to have you guys get more from it. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying over the years, we'd love what you guys are talking about, but we want to see more compact episodes. So that's what we're giving you guys now. We're giving you shows that are right about an hour. So, you know, trying to keep it a little more compact. But, you know, with us, we have verbal diarrhea most of the time. <laughs> and we can't, we can't keep our mouth shut. Yeah, so. you can't shut us up. So they some of them go a little bit over an hour, but nowhere up to the two hours like we used to. Um, but you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing our 2022 in the geek seat and that's going to be our regular full episode. So that's going to be like a double length episode, like more, our old shows. And we'll be doing those like every once in a while, like when we do like the summer movie previews and, you know, items like that. And cause there's just so much content to talk about mm-hmm. and, you know, but we'll also be, you know, we'll be trying to keep it usually about an hour or so. So hopefully you guys like the new format. And the numbers are showing that you guys are listening and more people are joining in and everything. So that's a plus right there. And you know what? Let us know what you guys think. We definitely would love to hear from you. Feedback at earthstation1.com. As we are like to say, we're up on YouTube now for video, but we're also going to be, um, we're up on Apple, Spotify, you know, Amazon, Google, you know, you name it, wherever good podcasts are found, even Station one is there. So definitely do that. We also want to say a happy new year to our patrons. Thank you patrons for everything you guys do. We couldn't do this without you. You know, you guys keep the lights on the station and, you know, get us newer equipment, get us, you know, better hosting, get us, you know, cause we had to go through a brand new web host for earth station one this last year. And that was a lot of work. And Oh, know, so- shoot. I thought you said they were going to get us better hosts. So. <laughs> Uh, got a little worried there mike was looking what is this my last episode well i did say <laughs> big changes for 2023 well so, <laughs> so it, it it's gonna be very interesting to see um but patrons thank you guys so so much and you can too also you know, subscribe and be, help support to the station by joining Patreon. There's five different levels. There's the dollar level, the $5 level, $10 level, and the $15 level. And we actually were probably going to propose a new level probably later in the year. And, you know, where you guys will be up on video with us and stuff, you know, just to have you guys join us as a bonus for being, you know, an upper level patron. But all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network and you too can help support us. And also a big thank you to, to Fuzzy Optical, who's been with us for a couple of years now. And they have been, you know, knocking out of the ballpark with the sales they did for the holidays. They have a new year sale going on right now. And as a bonus, you can get 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair of sunglasses, your whole order. All you have to do is put Earth Station One into the coupon code. And guess what, folks? You get 10% even off the sale items. All you have to do is go to FuzzyOptics.com. Check it out. Hello! Oh, my God! Crew, we've arrived. Disruptors have assembled. Welcome, gang. We got a great weekend. Who's that? Benoit Blanc, the detective? Mr. Blanc. I cannot overstate my gratitude to be here. When's the murder mystery start? I've invited you all to my island. Hi. Because tonight, a murder will be committed. My murder. Once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. Well, this is truly delightful. Across the island, I've hidden clues. You will have to closely observe each other. If anyone can name the killer, that person wins our game. Any questions? Alibarry. Uh, that has a kick. Oh my god. What happened? Oh, holy sh- Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a murder. And the killer is in plain sight. For at least one person, this is not a game. I must insist that nobody 
touch the body. Jeez, detective, who killed the party? I need to find a motive for murder. Everyone would stab a friend in the back to hold on to him. This rich bastard. Mm -mm -mm. You're all friends. Why would anyone commit murder? Are we even going to talk about the elephant in the room? Am I the elephant? Yeah, you're the elephant. You're not that bad. I got a danger here. Are you calling me dangerous? Well, we'll see. Reckless. The killer wouldn't hesitate to kill again if it covers their tracks. You must be really great at Clue, huh? I'm very bad at dumb things. Ticking boxes, running around, searching all the rooms. It's just a terrible, terrible game. All right, Mr. Mike. Ready to do a who done it and peel back this glass onion? Peel back the glass onion. Yes. Uh um yes. Uh Benoit Blanc has returned. Knives out uh 2019. Man, it seems like it was longer than that when we said that movie came out, didn't it? Um so We've much has a, it's happened. It's been about a decade in the last two years. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's yeah, the truth. Exactly. Um, but the first one was a big success. Box office wise, it did really well. I think it doubled what uh, it cost to make it. And uh, the studios love that. So there was a bidding war for the next one, for the franchise, so to speak. And Netflix won, which is kind of good and kind of bad. Because it meant that uh, the next one wasn't a guarantee to be in the big screen. Mm -hmm. And especially with everything that's been going on with the pandemic and everything like that, there was no guarantee that it was ever going to be on the big screen. Uh, I think uh, Netflix did make the decision to have it as a limited release on the big screen uh, for about a week or so. So box office numbers for this one are very skewed. Um, you know, I think uh, I and that's the other thing that's frustrating, too, is Netflix doesn't like to get release any numbers whatsoever, not even their box office numbers. Mm. Nope. But okay. Hollywood Reporter estimates that it made about thirteen point one million dollars over the five day weekend. Which was the best performing theatrical release for Netflix, um, which I guess is not saying a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, it, and then it was released on streaming about a month later. Uh, so just within the last, uh, as we're recording this, maybe last week or so, it's been available on Netflix. But it instantly became the number one movie on Netflix and everybody's talking about it. Good and bad. So let's, uh, let's dive in and talk about it as well. Good and bad. Ashley, what were your expectations going into this one in particular? Um, did you want to see more of uh, Benoit, or um, you know, was it uh, you know what were you expecting going into this? Oh, absolutely! I loved Knives Out, one of my favorite movies of 2019. I like that they take the classic kind of feel of an Agatha Christie whodunit, but set it in the modern day. And then Daniel Craig was just a delight as Benoit Blanc. He's obviously having a great time playing this over-the-top detective. And then I love that you had the character very down-to-earth of Marta, who was like a good foil for him working together on this mystery. And then you have the cast of dysfunctional family members played by so many of our favorite actors and some interesting twists along the way. So I was thrilled when they were announcing that um, Daniel Craig would be returning as a detective, but with a whole new mystery and a whole new cast of characters, which I feel is the right way to do that. Just keep him as the detective and then just throw him into all these interesting mysteries. So I was very disappointed. I didn't get to see it on the big screen. It never came to my local theater. So I had to wait till it came on Netflix, but I appreciate um, everybody on my Facebook and social media feeds did not spoil me. So I was able to pretty much go into this without knowing any information, which was nice because I feel like the less, you know, going into a mystery, the more intriguing it's going to be. And I will say overall, I didn't don't know that I enjoyed it quite as much as Knives Out just because that one was such a surprise. I really like the story and characters but I felt like there were plenty of twists and turns, great actors in this one, and it was a really fun 
fun um i almost said time at the movies but at home on my couch <laughs> but yeah i i enjoyed watching this and afterwards i was definitely like yep i'm ready to see another uh benoit blank mystery mary what about you what uh what were your expectations uh before this when you heard that they were making a sequel well, I have kind of a different perspective because I actually had not seen Knives Out oh, until the really? day before oh. I watched Glass Onion. Cool. And when, not because I didn't want to. I mean, it's actually my kind of movie, but for whatever reason, sure. <laughs> the, the comments did not yep. align. And yep. so I just um, hadn't seen it until then. And I really liked it when I watched Knives Out. And so I had actually pretty high expectations for Glass Onion. And for me, they were exceeded. I mean, I liked Glass Onion better mm, than, than totally. Knives Out. Uh, even though, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed Knives Out. Yeah. I, I love the acting. I love the setting. I love the story. And I felt the same way about Glass Onion. But but I think, I don't know, I think I actually like Daniel Craig's performance even more in Glass Onion. And um. I, I maybe because he was even more over the top. He just and he seemed to be enjoying himself mm-hmm. so much. Yes, you know I could almost I could almost picture him when this script fell into his lap or when knives out fell into his lap. He was like, "Oh my god, this is so opposite of of James Bond. I cannot wait until I get to actually yeah. break out of that role." He's a miserable Bond because he, you know, going in behind the scenes, he's miserable playing Bond. Right. He hated uh, playing Bond. <laughs> so, like, this Sad. is like, this is somebody that he really wants to play. And, yes, it's a whole different mm-hmm. kind of energy. Yeah. I, I So, I would say my expectations were high. And and this doesn't happen very often. They, they were exceeded. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's cool. I'm interested to find out more about that. Mike, what about you? Well, you know, when we reviewed Knives Out, I was in love with the story. Mm-hmm. It was such a great adventure. It was a great mystery a la modern day Agatha Christie and like Ashley had said. And it was a ton of fun. Daniel Craig was awesome as Benoit. And he did an amazing job at it. And I think he took it to the next level with this. I think he explored more in depth of the character of what the character was more about that. He has a, he's starting to have a background. He has doubts, he has feelings, you know, and it was interesting too, because they made him gay in this, you know, they made him. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was very well done that, you know, that he was very flamboyant and such, because you didn't see that in the first one at all. And you actually started feeling like you got to know who the detective was and some of the reasoning for his thinking. And I thought this one had a lot of twists and turns. And as they said in the first one, there is a donut hole inside the donut hole. This time there's an onion inside an onion. Inside yeah, an onion. onion. <laughs> it's the different levels as you pull it out, my friend. It's all about food. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, I like, you know, for the, the gay issue, I like how they just kind of, uh, they didn't make a, a thing out of it. They didn't make a stink just, out of know, it at all. But it's, it's very obvious when Hugh Grant opens the door, <laughs> you know, my first thought is, oh, I bet that's his boyfriend. And it fits very well with the character and just, and also the way that Daniel Craig, they've dressed him in this movie, mm-hmm. I think really speaks well to his character and how, and how he has a more flamboyant side. It's not too over the top, but it's like just over, over the edge. I love who he was talking to on the computer too when he was in oh, the bathtub. Yeah. And yeah. I and I thought of Mike Gordon because he was wearing a fez. <laughs> it was, uh... <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. I uh I love the first one. I love Knives Out a lot. Um bringing back that sort of uh, who done it kind of as you mentioned Agatha Christie. Uh I think it's also called what the uh uh close circle of suspects kind of mystery um i love those from way back in the day with thin man to now um and ryan johnson was 
like bold enough to create a new one. And this is not like based on a literary character. This is completely new. It's completely modern. Um, and, uh, and it still works. That same formula still works in Knives Out. I was really curious to see if it was going to be able to do it again and have a mystery that is as smart as the one in Knives Out. Cause that's not easy to do either. Um, so I was looking forward to it, but I was also, I was preparing myself like this is probably not going to be as good. Not only because it's a challenge to do, but not only was Daniel Craig amazing in the first movie, but Enade Armas really like yes. became like a huge, like it was a big like coming out party for her. Like she's been, uh, she's been a celebrity ever since. She's been a star ever mm-hmm. since that movie came out. And the chemistry between the two works so well you kind of wondered, wow, are they going to be able to repeat that? Like nobody else from the first movie is going to be in this second one. So what's that going to be like? And I will say watching this one, I was really put off by uh, Benoit Blanc in the first like act, the first act or so. I was like, man, he just is not like in Knives Out. He acts like he owns the room. Like he like he knows everything that's going on before anybody else is going to say it. Like he's he's the smartest guy. In the beginning of Knives Out, he's like not the smartest guy. He's like the outcast. He doesn't really have any clue as to what's going on. And he certainly plays it up. It's not till later that we learn that that's an act. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you want to talk about a layered performance. <laughs> like like oh, that's yeah. that that makes this one. I can't wait to watch this one again. I haven't only got the chance to see it once, but I'm now watching it again knowing what I know about, you know, the way the mystery plays out. And by the way, if we haven't said it yet, we will be spoiling uh, the the mystery and everything that has to do with uh, with uh, Glass I th- Onion. I think they figured that one out already. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. That, that's not a mystery, Mike. It's a little it's hard really to review up without yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything. So, so um, but that was a revelation to me. That they were able to take this character, and I, I could sense it. Like I could sense, like I thought, wow, this is weird. He's different. He's playing it differently, or something. This is going. It's weird going on. And then, uh, I think the same way that uh, Armas did in the first one, I think uh, Janelle Monet, who's already a star, like mm-hmm. I think she really like shines in this as well, mm-hmm. and yes. she's got Absolutely. the dual role. Um, and we'll talk all more about that in detail, I'm sure. But but that combined with, I, I think it's a solid follow up. I don't, I'm not like in the, I'm not, I don't care which one is better or worse. They're just both solid to me. They're both fun to watch. They're both mm-hmm. a rewatch, completely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, um, but I, I, they're consistently good. They're both a little different, which I like. Um, so, I don't really, yeah, it doesn't matter to me which one is better. I th- I'm just glad they're both really good. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think they're enjoyable even if you already know what the answer is. Mm. Yes, it's, even it's, more so. Right. It's it's great to go back and rewatch and see all the little details that, that yeah. you missed that are, because actually Ryan Johnson's very good at planting yes. clues along the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um all right, so you know we've talked about some of the we've talked about Blanc and we've talked about some of the other performances, uh, or we've kind of mentioned that we like them. Let's get into more detail about that. Uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. What's somebody that uh, or some character that you really connected with in this one? Yeah, well, um, the character that we uh, love to hate is um, Edward Norton's. Um, <laughs> Miles Braun, I believe he's the one that hosts the party on the island. I love the puzzle box opening, like what a great way to open the movie. And then again, like I I was wondering why the heck is this movie called The Glass Onion? But it's a very appropriate title as you watch the film with so many layers, because I was starting to get a little bit worried at first. I thought, okay, they're going to this guy's island He's hosting a murder mystery. He's act. He's going to get murdered. And then I was like, oh, man, I, I think I kind of know how this is going to go. And then poor Dave Batista keels over. And then I'm like, okay, there's more going on here. And then um, then just like just trust Ryan Johnson. He's know what he's doing. And then everything kind of opens up and there's so many more layers. But yeah, so many intriguing characters and 
hats off to a lot of these likable people. Like I adore Dave Batista. His character is not that likable. Um, Kate Hudson, um, like none of these characters are particularly likable, but they're good performances and that's what the uh, story needs. And so I think each person brings an interesting layer again with the layers to this story. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting side characters and interesting. And of course, to see Catherine Hahn in something that's, it wasn't Agatha all along this time. She did not <laughs> murder. He was not the surprise twist, but yeah. So just, you thought that, you know, maybe, yes. Yeah. But did yeah, you, it, did you think that the cast of characters in this, not, not to compare the actors, but the cast of characters is uh, different uh, than the sort of, you know, mix, mixed up dysfunctional family that we get in the first one? Is it just as compelling? Yeah, I do. I think, um, again, I really, I love that dysfunctional family element, but I think if he had done that again, like he needed to do something different. So I like the idea that you have these friends that have sort of like grown apart and maybe grown into worse people like over time, but they're still all tied together and codependent in this like complex web of neediness of each other. So, um, and I think, again, it's always interesting to have this detective, a Benoit, where he's dropped into this um, tightly knit group of people who know each other and know their dynamic, and he's trying to figure everything out. So, yeah, I thought it was a good way to frame the mystery, but also have it not just be like a direct rehash of Knives Out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mary, what about you? What did you think of uh, either singling out a performance or a character or as an ensemble? Well, I, first of all, I really like the dynamic that he kind of twisted the found family trope on its ear because mm -hmm. usually found family is, oh, everyone makes everyone else better. And in this case, <laughs> everyone makes everyone else worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they turn into vile people. Mm. And actually, two of my favorite performances are the most vile, which is Kate Hudson and Dave Bautista. Yeah. I mean, they are people. terrible people. <laughs> And they've sort of grown into that even more. And they're just chewing up the scenery. And um, just it's just really fun to watch that dynamic. And and the way that, uh, yeah, it's interesting in the beginning. I also had kind of the similar reaction uh, to Benoit Blanc when, in the beginning when he's very sort of, I don't know what's going on and seems very insecure and kind of lost. And then he just, he, he it just like, he snaps and all of a sudden he's right right back in the thick of it like when he solves the um the oh, game the murder mystery oh, that game. Is fantastic yes like immediately <laughs> <laughs> or even his little asides like you kind of get uh uh if you look back on it you get some foreshadowing of where he's going because he says i opened the box and it was a bunch of children's puzzles yeah to open the box then you kind of start to see where it's going mm. I mean, Ryan Johnson is masterful oh, yeah. at, uh, at oh, pointing this out. Absolutely. Micah, what about you? What uh, What did you think of the ensemble, or was there any particular standout? Well, no, I think it was – the ensemble was awesome in this one. I liked – it was – everyone was so contrasting from each other, but they were all so dependent on Miles, every one of mm -hmm. them. And, you know, the only one who stood out – that wasn't was of course Benoit or Andy because you were wondering for the first half of the movie, what is Andy's deal? What's going on? Mm -hmm. What does she mm -hmm. have on everybody or what, you know, why, why is everyone afraid of her? What is she going to do? And it was so well done. And none of these people were nice people at all. Um, even Andy, you know, Dave Batista's character was everything you hate about what you watch on YouTube. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you same thing with Kate Hudson, you know, she's, which she's, every time I see her, she looks more and more like Goldie Hawn. It's amazing. <laughs> and she's so good though. This is, she, I think one of her, like, this is maybe her best performance that I've seen her in since uh, uh, Almost Famous. I agree mm -hmm. with that. I yeah, actually yeah, really she, agree. She is excellent. Yeah. She is excellent in this. 
And it is, it is awesome. You know, the Senator, you know, and it's like, okay, so basically miles has something on everyone. And that's why they're like, yes, miles, anything you say, miles, you know, everything goes and, you know, but all of them were plotting behind his back. And when they were saying, Oh, someone in here's, you know, wanting to murder, you know, miles. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I could see it. It was very believable. And agreed what you were saying, Mike, about Benoit. He was so unsure of himself. He was not in his game through the first half of the movie. From seeing him in the bathtub at the very beginning, you know, you know, hey, you got a box here, you know, and <laughs> you know, and who we, you know, because he was even talking to frippin' Angela Lansbury on the computer, mm-hmm. you know, when he was in the bathtub and it was just, it was awesome. And I loved all the different, you know, how he once again, what they reveal, of course, later on, he was three steps ahead of everybody else. And it was becoming more and more obvious that miles was, they were basically basing miles. It seemed like on Elon Musk, a very, Elon Musk type character that he's not as smart as everyone thinks he is and everything. Or as he thinks he is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he just, he knows how to manipulate. He knows how to hit people's buttons. Exactly. But, but he his is frustration, a, yeah. as Mary pointed out, his frustration over uh, Blanc solving his little mystery, uh, like in, like in seconds, just so infuriates him because he thinks he's like, you know, he thinks he's the guy, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. And he thinks he's, hate to say it, he's, and, but he's not. And it was just real interesting to see. Catherine Hahn was awesome. You know, every one of them was awesome. The young lady who was playing whiskey, she was great, you know, and it was just, it was just very interesting in how codependent on Miles everybody was. And that's what made it even more interesting. And poor Mona Lisa. Poor Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was hard to see. It's fiction, but still. I know. Being an art oh, major, that really was like, and a historian. You mentioned, you mentioned the codependency, and that's where it's great, but it also, to me, was like a big... Uh, Okay, so once we find out that, like, in this close circle, like, as with any close circle, 10 little Indians or, and then there were none, if you want to call it that, um, or uh, one of the, the movies that inspired him uh, to make this was uh, The Last of Sheila, uh, Sheba, which I, I strongly recommend as well. These are things where, like, they, a group of people get together and somebody's manipulating things, somebody dies could be the host. It could be one of the other people or whatever. And then, you know, are they going to get picked off one by one or, you know, who's doing the killing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and this, this looks like from the very beginning, it looks like that's what this is, right? The first act, it looks like that's what this is going to be. Who's going to die first or, you know, whatever, and who's doing the killing. Um, But once you, once the reveal is made that, uh, that uh, Andy is not who she, you know, is not, is, is her twin sister. And uh, she's been murdered prior to this all. The the murder that's, that Benoit is investigating happens before the movie even starts. And I think that's, so going in, you know, everything that he does is in reference to trying to figure out who who killed her. And as he quickly finds out, and I think also as that, once that door is open, it's to me, it's pretty obvious who it has to be as the killer. Because as you mm-hmm. mentioned, Mike, everybody is, is so uh, like leeching off of uh, uh, Miles, the main guy, yeah, Miles <laughs> character. And so there would be nobody that could be strong enough, strong willed enough to kill somebody if if it wasn't him like he's the he's the he's the he's the only guy really capable of it and so you know the big reveal that it's him to me didn't 
work as much because it was the only real solution there. But I must admit, the the play to get there mm-hmm. and the fact that the murder happens beforehand and they're working on, you know, they're working on it, trying to find out who murdered her. Um, and once we find that out, then it kind of becomes like just kind of a standard thing that we already know. But um, but you know what? Some of the best episodes are like I like watching Columbo and Columbo, you know, who it did, who does it like right away. And the fun is watching watching Columbo get under that person's skin and reveal themselves. And so for me, the third act of this is like a Columbo episode. Like we, I I knew who did it, but it was fun watching Blank get to that part and Andy's sister get to that part where they, where he has to reveal that he did it and he has no choice. Like he thinks he's, he's covered everything, especially once he burns the, the napkin. Um, it's just uh it's just really well played out. Well, and yes, that, I was sorry to see the Mona Lisa go as well. Yeah, I I wonder actually if in Ryan in the director's mind and Ryan Johnson's mind that the reveal wasn't really the important part of yes. the, the movie that that actually what happens after the reveal where uh Helen kind of finds her power and mm. and fights back even if it might be a losing battle. Even mm-hmm. even if she may not get anything out of it, the important part was that she fought back. Mm-hmm. She yes. told him and everyone else there that this was not okay. Not okay. Somebody actually stood up to Miles because yes, it, for the he... first time, because none mm-hmm. of the other ones did ever. Even Whiskey, who who you think is going to be the one who might be be redeemed somehow, she's not redeemed. And even in the end when they all turn against him, well, that's not redemption because they turn against him because at that point they, they no don't, option. they just don't want to go down with him. <laughs> right. right. Like was, that's the only reason easy. they turn against him, not because they become better people. Yeah. 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 They're, they're leeching off of somebody else at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're like going, Oh, well they're watching the power struggle and they've realized, Oh, the powers, the balance of the power is on her now. Let's all go on her side. Exactly. <laughs> Not sincere. Right. No. I mean, they are despicable people. Yeah. And they, I think uh I think even more so than in in Knives Out. Knives Out, you've got mm-hmm. a really dysfunctional per pe- uh you know, family. But some of them are, you know, kind of likable and there's uh things going on there. The family dynamic I think all of us can relate to in some ways. Um, but in this one, you've just got a bunch of people who are, uh, and it seems like, I mean, Ryan Johnson, as Mary has kind of alluded to, Ryan Johnson's no dummy. And if anything, he wears on his, in his movies, even in Star Wars movie, he wears his politics on his sleeve, right? So this is a definite statement. Like he's making a statement here that, you know, uh, that the one percenters, are you know a bunch of crappy people oh yeah big time and even the people that support the one percenters are sucking up to them because yeah are almost worse in a way the people who are enabling exactly um like kate hudson's assistant mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know what you have a secret phone where did that come from you know because you know she's trying to keep her off social media because she just mm-hmm. opens her mouth all the time and inserts foot or whatever she puts in there yeah right right i mean the assistant is almost one of the most pathetic characters because she could actually walk away at any time yeah Yeah. she just keeps on yeah she's just so lost in 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 birdie j she can't even see that she has a path out Mm -hmm. she does have but you know when she was reading off to miles you know I worked for Birdie and then I left her for a little bit, but then I came right back, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you take. It's like an abuser, you know, she just. Exactly. It's, it, that's exactly what I was going for. You know, Mm -hmm. she's, it's like, she's an abuse victim and she's, she says, I, I want to get away, but I can't because I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to you know, keeping her out of trouble and everything. It's, you know, it's like I'm almost responsible for her. Type thing. Mm-hmm. No, what I was going to say was that Ryan is a lot more cynical than that, though, because he, there's no alternative. Like, 
sure, she could quit and go work for someone else. And but if she wants to stay in the business that she's in, she's just going to find someone else to do the same that does the same thing because mm-hmm. there's no one in any of these fields that's redeemable that we see. In fact, the only person that's kind of the everyman in this, which is Daryl, who just kind of is a slacker yeah. that just kind of shows up and walks through the scenes like, whatever, dude. Like, that's the only alternative we have to all of this nonsense. Uh, I thought, the, of, I thought Daryl was going to be so much more, but he wasn't. <laughs> I thought maybe <laughs> is Daryl going to be the murderer? Like, is that the big twist? Like, it was him. <laughs> But yeah, I, he, I, he was the red herring. I think that's the whole yes. reason he was there. I, I thought yeah. Daryl was going to be the genius behind, you know, Miles yeah. and everything, or play and some sort of part. <laughs> exactly. But I think I think that's just what Ryan Johnson is doing there, though. The, he's the only guy that's kind of like, I mean, other than Helen and Blanc, like who are trying to stop these people because they're bad people. But he's just a guy likes how so many of us that are just trying to get through life whether it's like doing our job keeping our heads down and just relaxing and let things fly like let let the one percenters do whatever they're gonna do and i'm just gonna stay here in my own little world and just watch tv and chill out no agree completely with that and it it was almost like watching him it was like oh it's the dude yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could also go farther and say that Daryl represents the apathy oh, of yeah. people mm, around absolutely. around the the excesses of capitalism and how it's used to abuse people. No, very much so. And you know, and it it was interesting, and I loved how it was Blanc and him were watching the house burn up and everything, and they're like. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting there drinking and like, chilling. And yeah, because at that point, smoking. but Blank like like taps out. He's like, "I've gone as far as I can go. Yep. Like I can't, I can't endorse you to hurt somebody. <laughs> but here's I can something suggest. you can, but, you can, but here's something you could use to hurt somebody. <laughs> I can't do it, but you can. Yeah. Oh, when she started tipping over all the glass work in the in the gallery, I was just like, "Oh, this is going to get ugly." This is going to get that, her. I felt that that was also a Willy Wonka moment where like he has the, the thing that the bad guy gave him, like the main, you know, that, that Miles gave him. And that's going to ultimately like be his demise, uh, which would have happened on a grand scale if he had gotten his way to do what he wanted. Um, but I just love the fact that it's, you know, he kind of gives it to her like, like, like the way that Willy Wonka kind of does with Charlie. Well, he gives him the everlasting gobstopper, literally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this little crystal thing. I thought it was great. Uh, it was it was really well done and it was it was a good story. That's what's good. And in the first movie, it kept me guessing on who was the murderer in this one. By halfway through it, even you know, when Miles ended up not dying and Dave Batista's character Duke ended up dying i knew it was miles who was behind everything but i loved how it played out better in this one than in the first movie if that makes any sense sure i think also um i just want to make it clear because i don't think we really mentioned her uh but in passing in the when we were talking about the ensemble and the characters or whatever but i do think that joe and Elmane, we don't really see her as really as as andy right much um we see her as helen being andy but we never Mm -hmm. really see her as andy um but of course her performance in the first when everything she does in the first act after the reveal you look back and you're like and they do a pretty good job at showing us like other things that happened around those scenes Mm -hmm. uh in context that or that we saw out of context that uh that kind of show what kind of person she is but um just don't I'd give seen... the poor lady kibacha you know, or whatever they call it hard kombucha from jared yeah. leto <laughs> <laughs> was it jared leto or was jeremy renner i think no, jeremy, jeremy renner was the hot sauce oh, yes. gotcha jeremy yeah. renner yes. was the hot was sauce, the hot right. sauce. Right. Yes. right right um but i do think like i do think janelle did an amazing job like cuz she has to play a character t- like uh, with a d- couple different layers too 
and I thought she did a really great job as well. And I, I don't think I've seen her in a lot. I know she, I know of her as a singer, uh, as a pop star, but I didn't know. I think she had this uh, quality of acting and I thought, I thought she did an amazing job and this is probably going to open up a few more doors for her as well. Very much so. Yeah. I, I mean, thought I she was it awesome. Does. <laughs> um, and, and like I said, everybody else was, was really solid, but special props to Kate. Although it is weird because Kate Hudson in this is kind of like the elder actress that's in it. Kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis was in the first one. And I'm thinking, wow, Am I old enough that, or is Kate old enough that she's the older actress in this? Like, it's a good point. Like, it's what a good happened? Point. That's a very we all, good. We point. all got old. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we all love this movie, at least based on everything I'm hearing. Um, it's as good, if not, you know, uh, better than the original um there is uh going to be another one at least netflix has paid for another one and ryan johnson has said he's uh going to be he's he started writing a, a new one um and daniel craig has said that he will keep doing this character as long as ryan's involved mm. uh so uh we'll get another one it's going to be a netflix production whether it goes to theaters or not uh who knows but um do we, do, is there anything that, I mean, we want to see from uh, this character or this franchise going forward? Like, is there, is there some other, because uh, I think he's done, well, he did the the one murder mystery, um, you know, the first one. And I don't really consider that one a closed circle kind of murder mystery. I think that was just a whodunit, like, you know, as far as a traditional whodunit. This one is more like a, we're all trapped on an island, just sort of like the Agatha Christie stuff, like we're all trapped on a boat, we're all trapped on a train, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, using those characters. Um, so I don't know um, if there's another genre of mystery whodunits or anything like that, Agatha Christie or whoever, that maybe that that could serve as inspiration. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I loved about this one was the scenery. The Greek Isles was just mm. awesome. Oh, yeah, beautiful. It was truly beautiful because the first one was all up in New England. I think it was Massachusetts. If I'm not, I think you're if right. I'm, I think it was filmed up there, yeah. Yeah, and so for them to go to this one, which was more exotic, more, you know, on the Greek Isles, and it was just beautiful and everything. And I, I would love to see another one, you know, another exotic location or someplace that you don't expect a murder mystery to take place would mm -hmm. be kind of cool and everything. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, this story it's quirky as was the first one. And I would like to see the third one, keep that spirit going too. And yeah. not, not just, you know, you know, in the in New York city and, you know, a brownstone or something like that, that would, I think would kind of downplay it completely, but knowing Ryan Johnson, he could make it work. So mm -hmm. that's the cool thing mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little scary in a way to keep making them because it would be easy for this to become formulaic. Right. Become, you know, you have the gimmick of the large ensemble cast and the recognizable faces and mm -hmm. the cameos and, you know, the, the same kind of mystery that in the Agatha Christie vein. And I think you have to be careful not to fall into a trap Mm -hmm. And for it to become just too too much like every other one or, or pale imitations yeah. of, of the ones before. But I mean I I do trust Ryan Johnson. I mean, as right. a writer and a director. So I'm hoping that he won't fall into that. It would yeah, because uh, do you give him the a other thumbs characters up? like <laughs> most of the other master detectives like Sherlock Holmes or uh Hercule Pro or even Miss Marple, that kind of thing, like they have like tens and tens and tens of like 50 60 stories right like and if you read them all some of them are good and some of but only like maybe a handful of them in every case stand out as like really amazing mysteries mm -hmm. things that push the genre and i don't and brian johnson doesn't have that kind of like he can't make like 60 and hope that like five of them are good. Right. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> Probably not going to happen. I wish. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, Ashley. What were you going to say? 
Oh, I was just going to say, I w- it would maybe be interesting to find a way the next mystery somehow challenges Benoit on a personal level. Like, I don't know if there could be some kind of more personal connection with him to the case. Or you have something like um, the murder on the Orient Express that challenges him in solving the murder. Just some, like, you don't want it to be too serious because, again, because it is quirky. But something that would just maybe challenge... Uh, Benoit on a personal level that has maybe mm-hmm. a tie to him and something that he's experienced or a family through. member or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting idea because he's actually kind of removed from yes. from both groups and in, in in the first two films. So that would be interesting to explore. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ryan's really got like he's you know he's definitely. In these two, he's proven that he's like really loving the challenge. But on the one hand, he's got like a hundred years of stories that of, of whodunits and murder mysteries mm-hmm. and all of that that mm-hmm. he's got to not not mimic. Yeah, that's a big. Challenge. <laughs> he's got to pull from those and sort of you know use our expectations based on our our uh, our watching of those. Uh, familiarity with those um and yet he's got to come up with something and he's so far i think he's been successful in coming up with something completely new both times but uh, i don't know as mary said i don't know how often he can do that um and i would you know i as much as i would like to see him in another location as well mike i i also think it would be great as let's go to ashley's point out like something in Louisiana, something in his hometown, something mm. in his base of operations, I think, because especially with, you know, certainly if it's New Orleans or even Baton Rouge, there's like certain elements there that are really conducive to murder and mystery and mm-hmm. intrigue that I think would be fun to play with as well. So can't, they, disagree, can't disagree with any of that. Yeah. But the bottom line, I think, like Mary said, is it's Ryan, it's Ryan Johnson. Daniel Craig's gonna is in for playing him. I mean, I'm in. Like the next one that comes out, whether it's streaming or in the theaters, I'm gonna try to see it the first week I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because this this has been a great addition to those master detective stories that from other masterful authors that we love so well. So uh I'm in for that. Any last words on uh Glass Onion, Ashley? Um, no, just really enjoyed it and hope to see more from uh, this character and um, this type of storytelling. And I think even more so than Knives Out, this one is really going to reward repeat viewings because I feel like there's a lot of stuff I probably missed. And like others are saying, the foreshadowing. So I'm really excited to go back and uh, watch this again and see how everything will get woven together. Mm-hmm. Mary? Um, just, I would highly recommend this to both of them, to, to anyone, especially people who love mysteries, because it's just a really fun, quirky take. And Daniel Craig is brilliant as Benoit Blanc. Um, and also I have to say my favorite Easter egg, there's tons of cameos in these movies, but my favorite Easter egg is every time the the gong goes off when it's dong, that's Joseph Gordon Levitt. (laughs) Oh, I did not. That's, uh, that's his cameo. <laughs> that's funny. I did mm. not catch that. That's cool. Mike? It, almost, it almost killed me in this one. He was playing the guitar and he was playing the Beatles song. And he was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Paul McCartney wrote the song on this guitar. And he just throws it into the uh, into the sand. And it was just like, <laughs> <gasps> no. <laughs> It's like you are the killer in this one. I knew it. No. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this movie definitely is worth watching more than once. I'm definitely gonna go back to this one to see like now that we know what happens, you know, because of the flashbacks and the the explanations, I wanna see, you know, all the little things that I've missed, all the little things because I was so wrapped up in the story. Cause this this story pulls you in. It doesn't like, you know, it's just not fluff. It pulls you in. It gets you liking or disliking characters. And you're like half the time while they're on the screen, you're going, oh, those bastards. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this or whatever. And that's what what made it so cool. 
and everything. And it was so believable you know, at first, oh yeah, I got a box too, you know, with the child games in it, you know, and, and uh, Edward Norton's character is like, oh, you got one? I don't remember sending it out to you. And it's like, oh, somebody must have, you know, forwarded theirs to you or something like that. And so it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I really enjoy the, the narrative structure. Um, you know, the first act I'm thinking Benoit is acting weird and, uh, everybody who's on this island, I don't care if they die or not. Uh, it's sort of like a you know Friday Thirteenth thing, and they're all these teenagers, annoying teenagers at camp. And I'm like, I don't really care if these kids, these guys get killed. Um, but with the switch of of Helen being or Andy being Helen, Helen being Andy, whatever, um, that gives us a compelling character that we can root for. And the second and third acts are just uh, outstanding. Um, uh, and so, like, he really he really knows what he's doing. And I love that, you know, I'm not going to lie. I love the fact that he doesn't mind throwing some uh, uh, far left stuff in there. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, you know, the uh, social politics are right there on the screen. And, you know, if it annoys the certain group of people, I don't care. It makes it even better for me. So <laughs> exactly, <hope> <laughs> like uh, he's not trying to be, you know, he's not trying to be safe for all audiences. Like he's like, if they don't like it, who cares? Um, so definitely want to see more. So very cool. Well, uh, I believe we will take a quick break and then we will close out the show. Attention, people of Earth! Looking for a way to kill half an hour every week? Try the Flopcast! It's a silly podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, obscure pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and chickens. Join us! Bring coffee! We're on the ESO network. And we're at Flopcast.net. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank everybody for being here. Mary, thank you for hopping out of the airlock and joining us for this <laughs> movie to review tonight. It was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you releasing me to uh, to <laughs> sit in on this. And I, I'm so glad that I finally got the chance to watch both these movies because they were fantastic. It was a ton of fun, and I'm glad you finally got to see the first one, too. I'm actually really surprised you didn't. Yeah, well, me too. I did, too, actually. Because, I mean, I kept meaning, it's one of those things I kept meaning to watch, but mm. there's so much stuff out there right now that I just never got around to it. And so I am really, really glad that, that I was able to do it. No, very much so. I totally could see that. And, you know, Anything you want to shout out about or promote, especially since this is the last show of 2022? I just want to say Happy New Year, everybody. I hope, hope the new year brings you much joy and love and happiness. And you can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Awesome. Thumbs up. Like and subscribe. <laughs> and like and share. Like and share. Like and share, folks. And Ashley, thank you so, so much for being here. And You've done such an amazing job as our movie reviewer. And, you know, we're giving you the promotion now as lead movie prom promoter. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. I, hopefully I'd double my paycheck too. So <laughs> I will double your salary as of All tonight. right. Awesome. Awesome. I think we established, you know, when we, we did Avatar that we are, uh, you know, under her thumb. Oh, damn straight. <laughs> we usually go, Ashley, do you want to review this one? No, no, not really. What about this one? Yes. You know. <laughs> so, so I guess we got the answer on that one. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Yeah. Um, this week I'm hoping to get my um, end of the year top 10 uh, geek stories of the year post. Maybe Glass Onion will make an appearance on that list. We'll just have to wait and find out. But always fun to look back over the year and so many great geek stories um movie tv books uh lots of great content so looking forward to doing that wrap up 
No, that's awesome. And I think, you know, you kind of just hinted or what our next show in the the new year is going to be. Yeah, what could that be? Hmm, I don't know. We might have to count down or something like that. (laughs) And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I'm going to be releasing my uh, best of lists as well via all the social media things or whatever. But one thing I wanted to point out in particular was uh, the uh, best comic series that I've read this year and many others. Uh, it's a series called Reckless. Two books in the uh, it's a series of five so far graphic novels. And two of the books were that were released uh, this past year um, were, I mean, the series just keeps getting better and better. It's written by Ed Brubaker with, uh, with art by Sean Phillips. And uh, it involves a, uh, uh, the main character is Ethan Reckless. He's not really a detective, but he's kind of a man that you hire to do jobs that nobody wants to do. Finds himself getting into trouble, all sorts of kind of crazy trouble. Takes place in the 80s. Um, it is just, um, it's, you know, I think what Ryan Johnson is to, uh, these movie whodunits, uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are to like eighties action detective stories. So, uh, if you like detective stories, um, it's a little different than what, right. What the knives out is, but, uh, still pretty good. Um, the best, I think they're the best team working in comics today. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, for my shout out real quick, um, Judy and I just got done watching interview with a vampire on AMC plus, and there's a good chance that might be showing up on my top 10 of this next year or this last year. Sorry. And it was interesting because it's a great, great version of the story. And it's only the first half of the first book for the first season. So you're not going to get the full book in it, which is, I like that they broke it up that way. And it's only seven episodes. So it's a very easy watch folks. And it's very beautifully done. It's changes the story a little bit. There's a lot of things that they changed. Most of it. I love Um, the actor they have playing Lestat is amazing. I love who they have playing Louie. Um, you saw him on Doctor Who this, in, during the Flux season, and you also saw him in Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. you also so you had that going for him. and, but also um, the interviewer was it Eric Brano, I think it is. Uh, but is it? Oh, I can't think of his name now. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's really good. He is super super good, and they have some nice twists. There's one or two things I didn't like. And I like the actress they have playing Claudia, but I just think they made Claudia way too old for the series and everything. Because she should only be like six or seven years old. Yeah, and they made it, and they sort made of changes it. the whole point of that character. <laughs> exactly, because they make her like 14 or 15 or something like that in the series. And that kind of, it plays into some of the things that happens in the first season, but it also takes away from a lot of it. So... It doesn't ruin it at all. It is enjoyable and highly do recommend it. So AMC Plus, folks, if you get a chance to check it out. And I don't know, Mike, should we, I think maybe we'll do a, a review of it in 2023. I'm game. I love it as well. We have all these episodes open, so let's do it. <laughs> you know, so. Are you kidding? I know we're hard scheduled till like June next year. We are, but we have, now that we're doing two episodes a week, you know, it's, you know, we, we got lots open of season. Oh, it's open season, but we also have some, we're starting to line up guests and everything for 2023 and we, we're going to have some fun stuff coming for you folks. Um, hopefully you guys will be looking forward to it. Speaking of looking forward to it, join us for the first show of the new year. We are going to be talking about our top 10 lists. We're going to be doing a rants and raves, our top 10 movies and TV shows. Should be a ton of fun. And you know what, Ashley? Why not you come back for that episode also? Sure. I'll just I'll just keep hanging around the station. Just <laughs> wa- aimlessly wandering till it's time to record the next one. You could join Mary in the airlock. You know, it's yeah, not that hard. It's a party in the airlock. Well, hey, that sounds great. New New Year's Eve in the airlock. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. You even bring the cat. You know, it'd be perfect. <laughs> so join us for that episode, folks. We definitely would love to it. 
folks, I hope you guys have an amazing new year. I think, you know, New Year's Eve is a great time to say farewell to a year. Some people it's been good. Some year people it's been yeah, bad. Or it could have been a little half and half. And you know what? 2023 is coming our way. Brand new, fresh. Let's start with a big jump in and, you know, a good, you know, attitude and, you know, fresh, good things are going to be coming our way. And you know what? I'm glad to be spending it with these people, you know, that I'm here with tonight. And you know what? I couldn't ask for anything better than that. These are my friends. These are the people I like talking to you guys about. And they're set higher goals, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I do, but I just don't mention it on the show. That's okay. (laughs) But it's, it's good to be able to, you know, be able to spend it and, enjoy it with everybody and you know what 2023 is going to be a grand year for us all and let's look at it with open eyes and a fresh start and you know what we definitely love you guys and thank you for listening and everything feedback of course is always welcome feedback at earthstation1.com we couldn't do this here without you guys you know we'd be talking to ourselves and turn till our faces turn blue but we love it talking to you guys also and we love the family of listeners we've built up with this and you know it's all awesome to hear from you guys and sometimes you guys don't write but we do know you guys are listening because we got the numbers we got you know we get the statistics every week and seeing how we're doing and everything and you guys are listening and you're telling your friends and stuff but you know liking and sharing that's right like and share subscribe right below you know whatever else we like to say thumbs up as we like to say also. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can be found in video format on YouTube. I'm shocked. You know, this is pretty awesome. This is news to all of us. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, Ms. Mary Ogle, thank you guys for listening. I hope New Year's Eve is fantastic for each and every one of you. And stay safe. Stay healthy. And you know what? Here's to a good 2023. Peace. And we will talk to you soon. And we're done. Boom. For the year. For the year. We're out of here. Woohoo! I can retire for a couple days. Yay. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.